So this morning, I'm sharing about secret prayer. Much of what Jesus taught his disciples had to do with being sincere and real. There was a lot of unreality in the religion around them. The disciples had grown up under the influence of an external Jewish religion where there was an outward show, pretense and flamboyance prancing around in religious observance to be seen of others. It went from giving to fasting and praying. And Jesus wanted to teach them to become real in the inner faithfulness of their heart towards God not to be concerned with the praise of man. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, he says, Take care, don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired, for then you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you do a kindness to someone, do it in secret, and your Father who knows all secrets will reward you. At this particular time of instruction, Jesus was especially interested in telling them about the need for this inner quality of the heart in regard to prayer. You notice that word reward coming in. It's like there's something that pleases God when it's him and not for others that can enlarge and multiply his generosity to bless in whichever way he wants, in the inner person or outwardly. And so in Matthew chapter 6, the same chapter down in verse 5, he says... And now about prayer. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who pretend piety by praying publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. Truly, that is all the reward they will ever get. And here's the text of what I want to share today. So go into your room and close the door behind you and be with the Father in secret. And the Father who sees in secret, will reward your going out. Or that word, the going out, some translations it says openly or outwardly. But there is a going in and then there's a going out into life, into the things of our activities. And he says he'll reward you for the way you came in to be with your father in secret. Jesus taught them to do as he did when he would leave the company of all the people around and settle into a place of silent, humble stillness where he'd capture the truth of who he was in the presence of his loving Father. He would walk out from that place of prayer with a clear understanding of the will of his all-knowing Father. He said, I don't do anything. That's my father tells me. Checked everything out. And Jesus taught his disciples his process of secret prayer. He had to close the door on the outer busyness of life and on the many human demands and challenges that acted upon his mind and emotions. Go into your room, close the door. So when Jesus went up onto a mountain to pray, he wouldn't have a room to go into. And there doesn't have to be any formal room as such. The word for room, tameon, means an inner chamber. That inner chamber for Jesus was his heart. And that's what it is for us, even though we have rooms. And that was where he met with his father. 
That's also where we meet with our Father in secret. When Jesus closed the door behind him, he was talking about shutting out the soul's current burdens, the perplexing challenges of life. Closing that door was a deliberate decision of his will, something he learned. He was always involved and active and present and there with people and their needs. His heart was there with them. But then when he went to his father, he said, close the door, no? It's now you and me, Father. When Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 3 about reaching forward to those things that are ahead, he first of all talked about forgetting those things that were behind. He did the same thing. And that wasn't about Paul having amnesia. He didn't just forget them. It was, as with Jesus, a deliberate act of the will. Paul was very open in the scriptures about the mental perplexities, the emotional disappointments he suffered. There's passages of scripture, but you see his resilience in that and his faith and faithfulness. And he, he didn't deny any of that and he didn't suppress those feelings, but he didn't obsess about them either. He just let us know this is what it's like to be a human being under pressure. It feels bad. He knew that the only faithful and intelligent way forward was to put those things aside by closing the door of his mind. He then let his mind occupy a better and more powerful place. So he closes the door of his whole soul, actually, on all those things. And then his mind can occupy the place of the peace-filled presence of God, which is always there waiting to be occupied by those who believe that God is real and that he's there. It's not a matter of feeling anything, it's a matter of knowing something, consciousness and a focus. I'm now in this place, in my mind, deliberately. And that stuff, Paul went on to say, let any of us who think maturely act this way. That's in Philippians 3.15. He knew there needed to be an approach that had order to it to be thought through. And there are three clearly defined parts to this orderly process of what I call secret prayer that Jesus taught. Number one, go into your room and close the door behind you. Needs practice. But that first part before going into the room is to do some ordering of our soul concerning the scrambled array of all the competing stuff that's there in our soul the burdens, the concerns, both past and present. And they flood the human mind. There are things that you feel you need to do something about, and that's fine, you do. There are decisions to be made, there's action to be taken. But the anxiety of that, just the very presence of it, is a troublesome thing to the soul to be carrying it everywhere we go. We do some ordering. We diligently check what those things are that we leave outside the door. I'm going in, Lord, to see you, but I just want to check out what I am leaving out there because they're still going to be there when I come out from that inner place of being heart to heart with you, Lord. And the scripture says that the Father, he knows all the secrets. And while he knows all of these hidden things, 
which the scripture goes on to say, we need to be clear about them as much as we can be too. Just in the sense of being thorough about what's happening in our lives. So that finally when we come out, we can willingly surrender those things to God, not carry them around again. Okay, this diligence takes a little time, but the Holy Spirit helps us. He shines his light on certain things. Don't forget that. I know you're worried about that. And where it's needed, he'll do that. Now the next part of that scripture, because the scripture is go into your room, close the door behind you, be with your father in secret, and the father who sees in secret will reward you outwardly or you're going out. So we're now going into be with your father in secret, part two. That's open the door of your heart. We've closed the door on those things that disturb the soul. Now we are opening the door of our heart to the flow of love and goodwill of the Father. So that when we close the door on the past, he can reorder our soul as we sit there silently focused on him. He begins to impart faith into our heart for the future. But where do you get faith from? Do you just click your fingers and say, oh, I've got faith. You know what? I have to say, Lord, faith comes from you. I need to spend some time here focused on the fact that I do believe and you are at work. Wow, that's faith. That needs a little bit of time. So it's not a time of discussing those needs with God. It's a time of receiving the flow of his life into ours. Not a waste of time. The problems are still there, but God is here now. And the flow of life is the divine energy that's coming upon you now, whether you feel it or not. It's happening because it is happening. That's the energy that created and ordered the universe through the logos of his word. And that word logos means design and maintain. And that energy continues to work creatively upon us. Wouldn't it be terrible to live a life and not even acknowledge and, and be in the moment when you know it's happening now. So during that time we can echo the words of David. In Psalm 57, verse 7, he said, My heart is fixed. My heart is ready. And our faith expands. In anticipation of God's will being worked in secret into our heart and into our circumstances in a mysterious way that we couldn't engineer ourselves. So then the third part, and the Father who sees in secret will reward your going out, reward you outwardly, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. That second part of the scripture there is, is mentioned um, a verse or two down, but that is what is contained in this truth about God seeing everything in secret, knowing everything before you even have to examine them. But he wants you in on it with him as a partnership so that we can say, thank you, I know who is sorting this out for me. Now Jesus would be totally confident when he came out that his father was in charge of things. So we come out of the inner place into the outer world knowing that our father has ordered our future that's for sure. And he's prepared our heart with faith to discern his will for our life concerning those areas of our present circumstances.
We know he's doing that generally, bringing us into his will, but I'm talking about today. And then next Wednesday or next Thursday, there'll be another batch of things that you want the Father's will on and that you want faith for. And he says, I'm ordering that. Let's get together and receive from me the faith. The Holy Spirit has given us witness to those needs that he wants us to surrender to the Father. Some of them stick out. And the Holy Spirit gives us his faith, his working faith into us, that those things are being brought into the perfect will of God. And that faith and peace that we get at that time is the reward of the Father. We've been with him. We've received in the secret place. And the Bible says that Jesus lives forever to intercede to God on our behalf. That's in Hebrews chapter 7. So we know Jesus has got our back. We've gone in there. Jesus says, I'm praying for you in this. The Holy Spirit has showed you the things that to, you can bring to him to surrender. And nothing much left to do other than to give thanks and allow his peace to fill our hearts as we go out from there and into the activities of our lives. There are things waiting to happen, duties, functions, things that you've got to go about. But now we're assured that we'll see in his time what he ordained to happen to us. In the moments, the days, the weeks ahead, there will be his reward of bringing about his will and letting us see what he's done. So you did work on that. It took longer than I thought, Lord, but I can now see the result because I've been waiting. It's different to what I thought. Totally different. I didn't expect this, but I can see you're in this. And when we get that assurance that we will see in his time, we know that at that time we'll give more thanks and our faith becomes our sight. Jesus went on in his discussion with them at this time about the inner things to give them a general outline of how they could speak personally and openly to God. Because they'd said to him, you teach us to pray. So he said, yes, you can pray this kind of a prayer. It's it's a prayer that you pray both in reverent awe of God's greatness, but also in the warmth and consolation of his love and his goodness as a father. And then he taught them what we call the Lord's Prayer. And I'm just going to put into words what I would think Jesus could use today in our language. Dear Heavenly Father, I respect and honour you as God over all things. I regard your heavenly kingdom order as being perfect in every way. And I ask that you bring that perfect order more and more into this world so that your will can be done by us here on earth as you devise your perfect will for us from heaven. I depend upon you, Father, for everything that I have in this earth that sustains my life and keeps me going. Help me to live in the peace of your forgiveness and to show that same forgiveness to others who have done me wrong. Please keep your hedge of protection from evil around me and my loved ones 
and strengthen our souls against being tempted and drawn away from your path by wrong desires. May the power of your heavenly kingdom be gloriously on display for all to see in this age and for all the ages to come. Amen.